2: Hey, everybody. It is so great to be connecting with all of you. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm here by, with my sidekick, Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. B. Howdy, Pat. How are you today? Doing well, thank you. Uh, I'm trying to squeeze a couple of tomatoes out of the tomato plant. Okay. I'm trying, like praying for, like, come on, you can do it. Go think- ahead, grow, turn red. You do have to talk to your plants. I do talk to my plants. That's good for them. You, you know, know, I'm from New Jersey, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so have you ever seen a Jersey tomato for real? I mean, Jersey <laughs> well, tomato, for real? does it talk it's back to you or something? Like, yeah, the here's the deal. It's the, <laughs> look, did you know that, I I don't know if I can mention their names, but one of the major ketchup and, uh, what's that, tomato sauce companies. Remind, it rhymes with, it rhymes. <laughs> One of those. It's the other one. Oh, my- okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's oh, that one. one. Okay. That one over there. Okay. Uh, my dad used to be a, have a trucking company, and he used to do trucks with them. Their tomatoes came from New Jersey, so we used to always go to the that place farm, where all the tomatoes were, mm-hmm. and that's where they came from yeah. because New Jersey tomatoes are the size of a small pumpkin. Wow. That's what we're talking about here. That's what happens over there. Now, I'm not going to get into how that happens over there. But I want to tell you, I am trying to grow a tomato here in my backyard in, in, in weather <clears throat> that has not gotten above 60 degrees at night for the entire summer, okay? I'm just saying. That's, that's it. And I go out my little tomatoes, and I want to put a little coat on them and say, oh, honey, it's going to get warm today. It's going to get warm today. But you know what? Here's what I think. You put my a little tomato, tomato jacket on there? I'm gonna tell you my tomatoes got my, tomatoes got <laughs> no. my tomato's got PTSD. No. That's what's going on with my tomatoes no. out there. That's why I got Shell joining me here. That's not good. Today. That's not good. Yeah, I'm telling you. This is really what the conversation is about. But it's it is and it isn't. It isn't. I'm so glad to have Michelle Rosenthal joining me here today. Hear your PTSD, dynamic strategies at work. And why is this such an important conversation? Because I want to just say to everybody, you know, we and Michelle's going to talk about it. We're going to talk about this, you know, about her journey, what this is about. You know, keynote speaker, award-winning blogger, nominated author, all of the above. But here's what I know about somebody that writes about a topic like this. Passionate, passionate about helping us understand how to heal passionate about it and how do we become passionate about something like this well you know here's what happens we actually experience trauma in our lives and when we experience trauma in our lives we have to face that thing which we are willing to teach others now me i stuttered as as a kid i am not going to be the person that got picked to to you know grow up in the world and have a positive talk radio show no, but what did I have to get past to do that? Uh, went on, and here's what I'm going to talk with her about today. There's so much in this book, Cure Your PTSD. We have right now in the world, and Michelle, let me welcome you to the show so we can talk about this together. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Dr. Pat, thank you so much. I'm delighted
3: to be here. Your energy is awesome, and I am, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about this.
2: And, you know, this is really interesting. So let's start with the conversation. You know, first of all, thank you for writing this book. And thank you for doing what you do in the world on this topic. I really appreciate you. Thank you for that,
3: Dr. Pat, because I came out of my trauma at the age of 13. And the thing that I most remember when I walked away from a situation that I thought was going to kill me was the idea you didn't deserve to survive. Mm -hmm. And then the next thought that I had was, since you did survive, you better do something really worthwhile with all this. Mm. And, of course, as a kid who then ended up with PTSD, I couldn't. But as an adult who healed, I remembered the promise that kid had felt she should make. And so I appreciate your your mentioning your appreciation because I, I feel like every day what I do is for that girl who survived. And that means everything.
2: Well, you know, let's talk a little bit about this because, you know, we're living in a really interesting time, you know, 25 years, right. You know, you had to work through a horrific illness, you know, you you had to work through some things in the world and you and I kind of share the illness journey together here. You know, that's something we have in common, but beyond looking at, you know, surviving it, we're talking about a solution that has to do with thriving and when you mention the word thriving to me there's got to be a healing journey involved what are what are the obstacles what are the challenges that you personally had to overcome on your own journey for you know to this mm. well i'll share with you my own personal yeah. obstacles
3: and yeah. at the same time preface it by saying I am not unique. Everything I am about to tell you, I have heard other survivors, when I share my story, say, yes, I felt the same way. So, we're all so we are all feel so isolated and alone in our traumas and our recovery processes, and of course there are aspects and elements that are unique to each of us. But what I'm about to share is so universal because it's human. So the number one obstacle in recovery to me was fear it was just out and out Straight terror of what the Healing process was going to require Of me what it was going to Take from me and how I might get lost in it and Not be able to be pulled back out So the number one Obstacle was fear the number two Obstacle was there's no Prescription for healing After trauma or post traumatic Stress disorder you know we all Let's just say you have bronchitis you know What to do you take your antibiotic And 72 hours you start to feel better but with trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder, there is no one solution and there is no one way. There are many ways. And each of us has such an individual and unique healing process that you just have to sort of bang around trial and error until you figure out yours. And so the the biggest obstacle after fear was I didn't know what to do. And in that place, you can get really stuck and, and yeah. demoralized and lose all hope.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this idea of not knowing what to do, you know, I'm really struck by this in in so many ways because what the book really is, heal your PTSD. And I just want to say for those of you listening to the show, I'm going to open up the phone lines here. I'm going to do it early in the show in case any of you have a question for us. You can call into the show 1 800 930 2819. But you can also go to Transformation Talk Radio and scroll down, and you'll be be able to type your question in if you have a question and you're not able to come uh call into the show um one of the things that i think i'm really struck by in the conversation is what the definition of ptsd is because we have an idea about it um that you know that has to do michelle with look this is ptsd grew up in the bronx was walking down the street, somebody pulled a knife on me, my life was forever changed. That's one version of it. Another version is went off to to Iraq, came back, and oh my gosh, PTSD. But people see PTSD as black and white. Sometimes we don't stop to say, and maybe you can help me out here, we don't stop to say that, you know, these past eight years with the economy and people losing homes and people losing jobs and folks now 50-55 that cannot get jobs, boy, they do not have any right to claim PTSD. Now, can you help me out here with a big definition or, or are we in a box around PTSD? <laughs>
3: do not like boxes so we're going to bust out of that box right now (laughs) there are no boxes as far as I'm concerned in PTSD because that was one of my biggest issues um, with my PTSD experiences when I did look for help because my parents were very clear that there was something not right about me and they would take me to different specialists they all tried to put me in a box and I didn't fit the box so I never got the help that I really sorely needed so you're making such a great point Because the media covers PTSD purely and, and almost exclusively from a military perspective, but actually PTSD comes in all walks of life because it is, at its core the experience of life-threatening danger. And each of us has a different threshold for what that kind of stress does to us and how we interpret that kind of situation. So we can define trauma baseline in three simple ways. Number one, any experience that's less than nurturing. So can you think of a person on the planet that hasn't experienced that? Yeah, right, exactly. Everyone, right? Exactly, yeah. So number two, an experience that overwhelms your capacity to cope. Mm -hmm. And number three, an experience that changes the way you see yourself in the world. So that's just a baseline definition of trauma. Now, post-traumatic stress disorder happens when longer than four weeks you experience symptoms of an activated survival mode. Mm -hmm. And those symptoms are in four categories avoidance, re-experiencing, mood alterations, and hyperarousal. So when you start looking at it that way, I actually, I know people who have been diagnosed with PTSD because of an acrimonious divorce, where they are terrified that they're going to be homeless, out on the street, without any money, without a home, and dealing with a spouse who's violent and physically aggressive. So you don't think about that necessarily in terms of PTSD right off the bat, but it is a precursor for PTSD and even in children we see neglect as a precursor for PTSD and you might think well how is that possible that just means the child's by himself nobody's hurting him but to a child neglect is hugely life-threatening who's going to feed them who's going to clothe them where are they going to sleep who's going to pick them up after school is terrifying so to to pull all this together, what we're really saying is that PTSD is an experience of a life-threatening perspective, mm. and everybody, that can be different, but at its core, it's a sensation of enormous powerlessness in the face of something that threatens your
2: well-being good having said that now we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about the state of affairs and why this you know this body of work that you have right here in this book is so significant in the world we live in today what is what is it that michelle means when she says every bad behavior begins with a good intention i will tell you i know exactly how that has played out in my long lifetime here we're going to take a short break when we come back heal your ptsd we have opened up the phone lines yep because what you've been through a divorce not a divorce whether you know somebody that is really struggling in their lives we're going to take you on a journey of how it shows up in our behavior or how it shows up in the way we look at the world we're going to take a short break thank goodness michelle rosenthal is joining me here today heal your ptsd folks we'll be right back
1: Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Negative self-talk plays a major role in how we create fear and anxiety. You're probably familiar with that worried, insecure or critical voice that rises from somewhere deep inside, often at the most inopportune moments. You don't seem to choose the limiting, anxiety-triggering or self-sabotaging thoughts, nor do you seem to be in control of them. Over the years, I've found that rather than ignoring or suppressing these negative thoughts, what works best is to redirect the mind with at least three counterbalancing arguments that shed light on the opposite, positive points of view. For example, if your negative thought was something bad will happen, counterbalances could be, right now I'm okay. There have been many times I was worried and everything turned out well. I have the strengths and abilities to handle anything that comes my way. Positive counterbalancing is training your mind to search for and find uplifting and empowering perspectives for any given situation.
0: Let the transition begin. Tune in to the hit show, Majestic Insights Radio Success for Life's Transitions, with host Carrie Keith. Carrie is a gifted intuitive coach, healer, and teacher who will lead you through her empowering techniques of ancient wisdom and awareness so you can live your happiest, healthiest, and most vibrant life. Let Carrie teach you the tools of transformation that will help you experience success for all of life's transitions. To learn more about Carrie, visit www.majesticinsights.com. Are you feeling broken from your relationships? Are you second-guessing yourself about friends, family, and lovers? Tune in to the hit show that's creating a buzz in the love-seeking community, Love Seeker Radio, finding love for your authentic self with renowned love coach Heather Lynn. Tired of dissatisfying relationships? Kiss them goodbye and power up your love-seeker energy. Coach Heather Lynn reminds you that you can just be you, the beautiful and perfect you. Visit HeatherLynnCoaching.com to learn more. Are you seeking a more deeply connected and fulfilling life? Do you often find yourself feeling overwhelmed, overworked, or exhausted? Are you ready to embrace a life filled with more love, connection, and joy? Best of the month list and five-star rated on Amazon, Conscious Being by author T.J. Woodward will awaken you to your true nature. To learn more about how to get your copy of Conscious Being, visit ConsciousBeingBook.com today.
2: Nice, Benny. Thank you. Just makes me smile. Hey, everybody. Heal your PTSD. Dynamic strategies that work. And, you know, we've opened up the phone lines for those of you out there that want to speak with Michelle directly during the show. um, Because you're going to hear us embark on a conversation where many of you have gone through change and loss and are going through it right now may actually be in the middle of uh, of an experience of this and yet as you go through it you're you're kind of sensing well wait a minute I'm not having the kind of trauma that I've heard about I'm really maybe I'm not worthy of a conversation about the pain in my life well Michelle we're going to talk about that much more but before we do how can folks find out more about you your radio show and how can they get a copy of your book
3: Absolutely. Well, the book is just actually officially released yesterday, so it is available at all the usual places online and bookstores near you. And all of the information about all of my books including Heal Your PTSD and our podcasts and we have free training webinars about the science behind your symptoms, all of it is on Heal My PTSD. Dot .com which is a website that grew out of my original blogging about my PTSD recovery, (laughs) and then the next thing we knew, an entire community had just formed around it, so the HealMyPTSD.com website has been around for a long time, and it's really geared to give you the bottom line information about symptoms and treatment and everything you or your loved one or your client or your patient needs to know about healing post-traumatic stress disorder.
2: Wow. And thank you. Thank you so much for that. Because, you know, the reason I think, right, that, you know, people were starting to pay attention is it's like what I like what we were talking about during the break, but also before the break. You know, there's a level of trauma that has happened in the world in these past eight, some people say 10 years, but let's just say, eh, let's just say eight years that no one is really talking about. You know, we're starting to see new BMWs on the road now. You know, everybody's got a new car, new place. And it's as if What we've just gone through, we're going to just brush it under the rug. But I read something, and I'd love for you to talk about it. I read a little saying that said, let me see if I can remember it, said something like, oh, change is difficult. Not changing is fatal. And I Mm -hmm. thought, I got to talk to Michelle about that. What do you think? Are we living in a world with invisible pain?
3: No, I don't think it's invisible. I think it's visible everywhere you look. I think partly what drives all of our internet. Connection. I mean, we live in a high-tech, constantly super uber-connected world, and partly that's because the information highway is unending, but partly it's also, I think you're seeing an enormous need of people to connect. And so often we're driven to connect out of pain and fear and the need for support and love and the feeling of being a part of something so that we don't get so lost in our own selves. So I I think the, the... the pain that's going on right now is visible, certainly whenever you log on to a news website or turn on the news at night. But even if you just listen to conversations around you, you know, I was out to lunch earlier today with my brother and at the table next to us, um, two women were talking about something that you and I were just talking about during the break, and it's job loss. You know, one had just lost her job and she just doesn't know how to begin looking for another one because she's not in in the 20 to 30 age range, and there, there's a dearth of opportunity at the beginning when you're first dealing with, okay, this is a huge change. I think really at the, at the bottom of all change is fear, mm. and it's fatal not to change, but also it can feel fatal to approach a change.
2: Right. Right. You know, I mean, let's talk about a couple of the things you, you know, you, you mentioned here. And I, I, I said something from, I read something from the book about, you, you know, this idea of intention, Right. Uh, and what that means in, in the book. And you talk about that. And, and then, you know, you also say that PTSD recovery has a very specific outcome. And I want to talk about that because we so often talk about the trauma. But let's talk about recovery for a moment if we could, because I don't know about you, but when I was in the middle of what was going on with me, I don't know that I could grasp that there was going to be a positive outcome. What have you discovered?
3: I totally agree. (laughs) During my recovery, I had no idea whether or not I was going to make it. I, for you know, it took 24 years between my trauma and my PTSD diagnosis. And during those years, I had just come to accept myself as a crazy person. I thought (laughs) some people in this world are crazy, and I'm supposed to be one of them. And since I'm a creative artist, you know, a little bit I was able to rationalize my craziness by saying, you know, the the most genius artists are insane. So this <laughs> insanity, this could really work for me. Um but there was there was always that little voice saying I don't like living like this. And so I think what happens is that so often we get stuck in a mindset, and then when you get your diagnosis, you say, okay, how do I get this done? And nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody can predict what's going to be the outcome for you because there are so many factors involved, not the least of which is your own internal resources, your dedication, your persistence, your resilience, and your willingness to walk through the fire of recovery. So I I think you're you're so right. The outcome, to answer your question directly, is I don't think anyone can predict for anyone else what the outcome would be. What I will say is the best possible outcome, and what I myself and many others have been able to create, is living symptom-free, getting to a place where, I no longer have PTSD symptoms. Even when I'm triggered, I still have no no symptoms pop up. So, to me, we start our recovery each of us defining what we want the outcome to be. And I'll share with you something interesting. When I first started this work of leading this this enormous PTSD community and working with clients and writing all of these books, I thought everyone wanted what I wanted in recovery, which was, I was determined to kick it and be done with PTSD. And that I discovered was pure hubris. (laughs) You can't assume what somebody else wants because I've spoken to many survivors who that's not what they want at all. They just, they consider healing, being able to cope with symptoms better and be functional. Mm. So I think each of us can and must define what we want our specific outcome to be and there's a spectrum for that at one end is you know nothing changes and at the other end is everything changes and knowing that that's the possibility allows you to decide where you want to be on that spectrum.
2: I, you know, one of the things that I, I so love talking with you about, and there are many, is, you know, the world of possibilities. And I want to I want to use a word if I could. You know, I remember when I, I got a diagnosis in 2004 and I pretty much didn't share that with anybody. Um, you know, I grew up in uh, in a culture And I would love to talk with you about this when we come back, because, you know, there's a culture question around PTSD. I grew up in a culture where, look it, you just put your big girl panties on and just Mm. suck it up and go out into the world and make sure you're independent and do this and do that and so forth and so on. And then all of a sudden, one day when you're not doing so well and your friends look at you and you're 100 pounds heavier you know it's kind of like why didn't you tell us that's what i want to talk about what are the secrets the stigma of post-traumatic stress disorder what are they do they serve us or not that's why i'm not having to talk about this that's why michelle has written a book heal your ptsd what is it about just saying ptsd that can trigger something emotionally and physically in our bodies i'm going to take a short break everyone shell rosenthal joining me here today again when we come back we're going to make sure we give you lots and lots and lots of information on her her work her blog everything else uh stay tuned we'll be right back
0: Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease.
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen
0: Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day.
2: I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases
0: it's time it is time for them to transform tune into lime talk radio and help keep our mission strong
2: for the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease we are not going to let you down we're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme talk radio the message will continue the conversations will become stronger and the healing epic
0: Want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones, travel the world, live spontaneously? Get ready because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Basili and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information.
2: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am so glad Michelle Rosenthal joining me here today. Hear your PTSD. You know, for those of you out there, um, you know, I I, want to say this from my own journey. Um, There is a journey that each of us get to say yes to and we get to go on you know, my healing journey has enabled me to have this forum here, you know, this particular forum, 13 years now in the making, that had I not gone through what Michelle is talking about here today, what we're talking about, I would have walked away from doing this radio show. But because of my own journey with healing, I had to choose, am I gonna make a commitment to have a radio show kind of going against the grain, myself and my friends at Conscious Talk, kind of going against the grain and saying, you know, we're not going to do traditional radio. We're going to set a different pathway. And 13 years ago, there was literally five of us, all women, that made a conscious decision to do this. Now in the world, we are helping so many others to have radio shows, media, video, broadcasts that open up a door for listeners all over the world to heal in whatever way. Now, Michelle, you've taken on, in my opinion, a healing that is so absolutely uh, past its due time to be represented and approached. And before the break, I said to you, I think it's kind of an invisible thing, and you said maybe not, but here's what I know about PTSD. It is stigmatized. Saying it, you know, whether you are from ex-military or ex-divorcee or ex-employee, it doesn't matter. This is a terminology that you might as well be calling it Lyme disease, as we know what that's about, because people don't know how to step in to acknowledging what they're going through. And I would like you to hear from you. Is it stigmatized? And is there a way for people to really step up to get what they need to live a thriving life. What has been your experience? I I'd say yes
3: and yes. And I think before the break even we were talking about is pain invisible or visible? Yeah. And the pain is visible and sometimes I think we don't have the name for it, which is often what makes PTSD so invisible is that we don't recognize the symptoms as a society, we don't validate the symptoms. We think, well, you look fine on the outside and if you if you ask PTSD survivors the things they most hate when people say it's get over it let go of it already or but you look just fine <laughs> and and that that really speaks to the invisibility of the PTSD illness because you can't see what's wrong with us you can't see that trauma affects the brain from a neurophysiological chemical and biological perspective in ways that the regular eye can't see so you can be standing in front of someone at the grocery store at the gas pump at a concert at a meeting and not see that their amygdala is over firing threat detection that their hippocampus is under firing so it's not consolidating memories properly you can't see that their sympathetic nervous system is jacked up and their cortisol is really high and those are the invisible parts of what PTSD is I think the stigma comes from the fact that you can't see it like if I actually had my leg in a cast you'd understand a I couldn't run a marathon but if you can't see that my brain is not functioning properly it's hard to believe i can't get to the meeting on time so part of the stigma comes from that you can't see the changes that ptsd physically mentally and emotionally causes and part of the stigma too i think it's back to what we were talking about earlier dr Patton that Trauma is so highly personal. So you can tell someone, well, I survived a car crash and now I have PTSD. And someone can say, well, I survived a car crash. I don't have PTSD. What's your problem? So because our experiences are so unique and our perceptions, uh, perceptions of those experiences so highly individual the stigma I think arises when we judge each other we judge well you look just fine or I wouldn't have a problem with that and so the stigma comes up because we don't suspend judgment and say I'm willing to hear your side of the story and tell me how it affected you and I respect and honor that that's been your experience
2: Well, you know, let's talk about this for a minute because there is a wide range. But you really touched upon something I'd like to hear your perspective on. Um, I have a very, very, very dear friend, actually been my friend since 1973, very unexpectedly, very suddenly driving down a road, uh, literally found the car flipped over, uh, hit a tree and, and and it's a car accident that, you know, when you think about it, this is one of the best drivers that you'd ever want to meet. And just the idea of just going and looking for a new car and then getting a new car and then actually driving a new car is traumatizing. And, you know, in the day we live in, that is something that. If we think about it, many of us don't know how to help her. See cuz we don't. You know, it's like, "Oh, just get in the car." Oh, I got it. Oh my god, I feel so embarrassed now sharing this. Maybe you can help me cuz I I that but this is me not knowing what I don't even know, right? And you know, our solution is, "Well, honey, you know, why don't you just go get the car with you, you know, and then come back and don't drive the car. Have your sister do it, and then why don't you just drive it around your parking lot?"
3: Right? Well, I, I think me. you're giving actually good advice because oh, okay, thank <laughs> you. Um, in my in my last book your life after trauma your life after trauma I wrote about a survivor who had uh, who I'd worked with who had been in a car wreck and and we had we eventually got to the place that you're talking about there is a phase of recovery that is exactly what you're discussing it's just that there's a phase before that and and the phase before that has a lot to do with rewiring and retraining the brain to bring down the level of stress hormones to help the amygdala stop firing so much to help the, uh, the hippocampus start processing you know how memories are consolidated changes how you feel about the memory so for example how trauma affects the brain makes a huge difference in recovery and there are ways to reverse those changes so before we can even ask your friend to get back into the car we have to stop the reaction that's happening in her mind and her body because those two things are so interconnected so that before she gets in the car everything changes within her from her perspective of herself and her safety and her ability to control that safety to the way that her body chemistry is responding so that when she finally does get in the car she feels much more calm and able to manage any of the stress that that situation itself brings up does that make sense
2: Yes, it does. And, you know, and I'm sitting here and as I was reading your book, I didn't think about it till about two minutes ago. And, you know, myself, I had a car accident in 2011 in December. And, you know, no one really thinks about what you just shared about the phases, because whether it's a car accident or a job loss or something else, you know, how do we get people help? So that, my gosh! I mean, think about it. If you're still being triggered and you've not gone through that phase you just talked about, right, Michelle? If we haven't gone through it, and now we're getting behind the wheel of a car, and it's maybe been two weeks. You know, that is a scary moment. What can happen? You know, when we are triggered, and I and 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 this is really important because I know we're talking about a car, but it could be divorce. It could be anything. <laughs>
3: It absolutely can, and I talk about this a lot in, in in Heal Your PTSD, how trauma affects the brain and the different ways that that causes the brain to dysregulate itself. So literally during a trauma, your brain, is it switches from being run by your, your cortex, the most highly developed part of your brain that makes all of your decision-making and executive function. Um, that part of your brain actually goes offline, and during a trauma, your reptilian brain, the innermost, most old part of your brain that is super survival oriented, that's the part running the show during a trauma. And that's the part you want running the show. It's the part that... uh, activates your survival response, gets you ready to fight, flee, or freeze so that you can survive. The problem with PTSD is that we get stuck in that place. And so when we get stuck in that place, that's when the real problems start to occur. And that's why the phases of recovery are so important to respect because you don't go from, you know, 100 miles an hour recovery or or 100 miles an hour of survival mode into recovery. You sort of have to reduce your speed, switch gears, and then switch into the lane of recovery. And those two things are very distinct, and they need time for both because your body is used to segueing naturally from reactive mode to responsive mode, which is when you rest and repair, and then back. So it needs to be told and make that manual switch sometimes after trauma to get into responsive mode. And it's from there that healing can really
2: begin. I love it. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, you know, we're going to talk about something Michelle talks about in the book, which rarely gets talked about. And that is activating your self-definition process. You know, what happens when we are so focused in the trauma of things, of what didn't go right? How does it affect us as individuals? How does it affect us? How does our identity, you know, suffer from this? And how do we get back? a level of confidence that we've had in a situation that has now been wounded. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.
1: American girls and American guys, we'll always stand up and salute. We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead so we can Sleep in
3: peace at night when we lay down our heads.
0: Tune in to Prescience Life Radio with host Mia Simone. Mia is devoted to sharing her extensive knowledge on the invisible worlds of energy. Join Mia and discover the science of intuition and connect with your greatest gift. Start living in your potential today and every day by opening up to the power of inner knowledge. To learn more about Mia, visit presciencelife.com. Are you feeling broken from your relationships? Are you second-guessing yourself about friends, family, and lovers? Tune in to the hit show that's creating a buzz in the love-seeking community, Love Seeker Radio, finding love for your authentic self with renowned love coach Heather Lynn. Tired of dissatisfying relationships? Kiss them goodbye and power up your love-seeker energy. Coach Heather Lynn reminds you that you can just be you, the beautiful and perfect you. Visit HeatherLynnCoaching.com to learn more.
1: Dr. Linda Salvin, metaphysical master, now bringing insight and metaphysical abundance to your living room with her spirit-filled candle line, Wicks of Wisdom. Dr. Linda's unique formulations of pure and powerful herbs, oils, and essences can assist you in love, luck, finances, health, and more. Wait till you experience the power of Wicks of Wisdom. Find out how these amazing candles can help you. See them now and order yours at lindasalvin.com or call 888-509-1077. My
0: daddy served in the army, He lost his right eye, but he flew a flag out in our yard till the day that he died. He wanted my mother, my brother, my sister and me to grow
1: up and live happy in the land of the free.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. For more information about us, go to Dr. Pat... Lott, go. What am I saying? Go to Facebook, the Dr. Pat Show, or Twitter, the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, Michelle, if you take a minute and please let folks know again how they can find out more about you and how they can get a copy of the book.
3: Sure. Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies at Work, is available everywhere books are sold. So online and offline, you can click your way or walk your way straight in to pick up your copy. It's a very easy to read book. I designed the whole book in short, little, chunk down healing steps because I remember as a survivor healing, I was so overwhelmed by the process. So as I was writing the book, I thought, you know, let's make this manageable and so that's really what the book is designed to do and someone asked me yesterday are there stories in the book because I can't read the stories of other people who have been hurt and my other books have stories this book zero stories it's really just about you and your healing process and you can find out more about it and all of the other PTSD resources that we have to support you
2: at healmyptsd.com Wow, thank you. You know, thank you for that. Um, and, you know, one of the things I said before the break is there's a part in the book that says activating your self-definition process. Uh, and before we jump to that, you know, I really want to really just mention the song that Benny played. Many people in this country and around the world have had a new level of awareness from the movie American Sniper um, at, at about war. And the, the level of war and PTSD from uh, uh, the aftermath of people that are serving in, you know, for our country now. And that's one form of it. And we've talked about a couple of others. What do you think is the leading, if, I, if there is a leading, leading uh, cause of PTSD today?
3: Well, this is going to be off the record because I'm not a statistician, but uh, in my practice, and I've I've been working with clients for many years, the the leading cause in my practice, and so let's just say if we exponentially max that out, um, is childhood sexual abuse, and that's both men and women, and I would say following right behind that is childhood abuse so it's so we have such an enormous number of survivors in the ptsd community who were unfortunate enough in in childhood to be around adults who were sometimes just outright cruel or disturbed or negligent and so they didn't see that somebody else was harming their child and Mm -hmm. and so that's you know that it's devastating and it's heartbreaking and and that is what i see as as the leading problem in the in terms of causing ptsd on a large large scale
2: mm. Wow. And, you know, we are hearing lots and lots more about it, but I think we're at the tip of the iceberg, actually, with some of that. You know, how do we talk with folks that, you know, as you talk about in the book, you know, suffering post-traumatic, you know, stress, I mean, beyond suffering that, there's something that happens to us as people our identity our confidence our, sp- our perspective and you talk about this in, in the book and I would love for you to share what part of the process this is and why is it so important to, to begin to value things in our lives again you know, that's a great question, and one of the reasons that I went into it in
3: such depth in Heal Your PTSD is because I feel it's such an integral part of the recovery process, and nobody talks about it <laughs> so often. You know, this gets back to what we were talking about earlier, the obstacles to recovery and fear, and one of the big fears is... is is attached to one of the big ironies, and there are many in PTSD recovery, but one of the biggest ironies to me is that all of the PTSD symptoms we have are designed to help us feel safe and in control. The hypervigilance, the avoidance, the remembering, the intrusive thoughts, the re-experiencing, the mood alterations, they're all designed to help us feel safe and in control after experiencing something that made us feel powerless and in danger. And so, then what happens? We perfect these symptoms to such a degree that they start taking over our lives, and I I say that facetiously because it's not like we're doing it on purpose, Um. but we become really good at these PTSD symptoms and they make us feel like, okay, I'm going to see the next dangerous thing that's coming and then we end up completely non-functional and in PTSD recovery and the first thing everybody teaches you is you need to learn to feel safe and in control and it's like well I thought I was already doing that that's why I'm so hypervigilant and I say no no that's not the right way to feel safe and in control and so you're faced with having to dismantle all of who you've become, which is a good thing. But it's terrifying because if you're going to ask me to let go of all of my coping mechanisms, who am I supposed to be without them? Mm-hmm. If I've spent two years, 20 years, 40 years with PTSD symptoms and now you're asking me to let them all go, who am I Who am I going to be now? And and that's why the self-creation process is so important, and it has to begin at the beginning. I've studied trauma theory starting in the 1800s <laughs> all the way to modern day. And everything I read places the identity and the reconception piece at the end. And I wonder why. Because how am I supposed to feel a strength and a confidence in my recovery process if I have no connection to who I am that feels good? So to me, and the reason that there's a whole section in Heal Your PTSD about how to do this, is because... Feeling self-esteem, feeling self-confidence helps activate resilience. I mean, there are scientific studies about this. So the benefit of creating a new self-perception, a new connection to who you are and a new identity, the new you, is that once you do that, you put in play a process that helps you transition more smoothly and effectively and efficiently out of PTSD and into a life that's symptom-free. A lot of times I hear survivors say to me, well, I'm at the end of my recovery, but nobody taught me how to live now. And I say, exactly. That's why we need to start this stuff at the beginning of recovery. So by the time you're done, you already have a bridge to walk across into the new life. And that bridge is a connection to who you are, that you've chosen who you want to be, how you want to live, and how you want to show up in the world. And it's on that strength that you walk across that final bridge.
2: Mm, Wow. You know, uh, there's so much more you and I can talk about. I really, I love the book. I love what you've put together because it is a way for people to have a strategy. And really, this is what the book says, dynamic strategies that work. And what I also love about it is that, you know, we can take a look at our lives and places we are stuck because stuckness, in fact, is, you know, a one way to look at a place in our lives that we, the, we may have a trauma from who knows when, right, Michelle? I mean, who mm-hmm. knows when? But thank you so much for what you've done and how you continue to really guide people down this pathway to healing. I have one last question, and thank you so much. Give out your website again. Um, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with here today?
3: Oh, my personal message is this. Every single one of us has enormous healing potential. The goal is learning to access it. And to do that, you have to dig deep, you have to try hard, and you have to determine to persevere. But that's the real message, is that each of us has that healing potential, and nobody can take that away from you. No healing professional can say, oh, you can't be healed. They have no clue. It's up to you to hope that you can feel better, believe that you can do the required work, and follow through regardless of the obstacles until you reach what you consider the end.
2: Wow, thank you so much. One more time, the website, and let folks know how to get a copy of the book, and thank you so much. Thank you, Dr.
3: Pat. This has just been so wonderful. You are a terrific presence and a very creative mind, so it's been an interesting conversation, and I thank you. The book is called Heal Your PTSD, Dynamic Strategies That Work, and I know that from experience because I've used them myself in my recovery process, and it is available everywhere books are sold, both on and offline, and we also have the audio version so if you
2: do not want to read or don't have the time or it's easier to listen we have that available too all right thank you and for those of you listening to transformation talk radio and even if you're not we've got lots of programming coming up this afternoon we'll see you next time